to lead this transition. Today we're going to read about his call into this role of being Israel's prophet out of 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 1, going through verse 10. Let's read God's word together. The boy Samuel before the Lord served minister before the Lord under Eli. In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered him, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now a third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling out, as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. So read him God's word. You may be seated. And as you are, we do have our Kingdom Kids ministry today for four-year-olds through second graders. And if they would like to head to the back, to the foyer, there they'll meet our Kingdom Kids workers. And they're going to go next door to our education building downstairs for a time of worship and learning at their level. And they're going to have a great time. And uh, next time we have Kingdom Kids, they'll actually be over here in our education building. We will also have to transition all of our... Sunday morning small groups over here to our uh, Christian Life Center, the CLC next door, as well as our midweek service for students, which will continue over the summer. And then when we start back in the fall with our children's ministry, everything's going to be over in the metal building next door that we call the Christian Life Center. We'll be utilizing the downstairs and the upstairs. The exciting time of transition, as Rosemary said, if you can lend a hand Saturday, we would be so very grateful. Well, as you know, or many of you know, we've been working through a Bible reading plan as a congregation that takes us through uh, the, whole, the whole Old Testament and New Testament. And we do move over a couple books, but for the most part, we're covering a lot of that ground. And as I mentioned before reading, this is an important part, important moment in the life of God's people as they've come out of the promised land or, or come out of the uh, desert wilderness into the promised land. And here they find themselves Uh, where God had promised that they would stay. And they're having a hard time being obedient to the call of God and driving out all the inhabitants, and they begin worshiping the same gods that they worshiped, and God would bring judgment, and the people would cry out, and then God would bring a judge to lead them out of their idolatry. And then after that judge dies, they would fall back into it. And that's become the cycle. And now God is going to change the script. And he is bringing in 
a prophet named Samuel. Now, Samuel's mother, Hannah, if you know the story, Hannah was not able to have children. And she prayed and asked God to, to open her womb so that she may have children. And, and one time as she traveled to worship God at the temple, she is, she is praying again so fervently that the priest thinks that she's been drinking all day. That's what it says. It says, you know, go home, you know, clean, clean up your life. And she says, no, 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 you don't understand. Here's what's going on. And the, pro, and the priest prays for her. And sure enough, she goes home and has a child, and she makes, this, she makes this promise to God. God, if you open my wound and give me a child, I'll, I'll, I'll dedicate that child to you. And so as soon as the boy is able to be weaned and, and uh, at a young age still, but he goes and lives at the temple to serve the Lord under Eli. And what's interesting in this story is we hear or we see Samuel struggling to hear and comprehend the call of God hear the voice of God. And as I thought about that, I thought, don't we all want that? Don't we want to hear the voice of God in our lives, the call of God on our lives? And so we're going to take a look at the life of Samuel for a couple weeks now. And today we start with the call of Samuel, which is obviously tied up with the life and ministry of Eli. So let's pause and pray, and we'll take a look at this together. Would you pray with me? Father God, I, th I think I could speak for most of us and say we want to hear your voice in our lives. We want to hear from you. So by the work of your Holy Spirit in us, I pray that you'd open our ears to hear. Not just that we might gain information that you have to share, but that our lives might be transformed. That we might be different. Because we have heard from the living God and we have taken steps to follow you wherever that call may lead. Help us to learn from both Samuel and Eli how to do that well and what are the dangers along the way. Particularly for our graduates here this morning who are making significant transitions in their life and, and I would bet they want to hear from you about the next steps along their path. Father, I pray that you bless them with clear vision and understanding that only you can provide. And much the same, I pray that for each of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think we all desire that, don't we? We want to hear from God. If it was just, we, I don't know about you, sometimes I wish it was just like, you know, picking up the phone. I know we don't do that much anymore, right? You ever you see a phone call come through, and if it's not the school, and I know when my kids are sick or in trouble, I just assume like if I, if a name doesn't show up and it's just a number, I just assume you know it's this is this is a spam caller. You know, I've, I'm not I'm not getting you know uh, any kind of insurance or anything like that. I'm good, so I don't answer it, right? But do you remember when we used to answer the phone and hear the voice on the other end? I think we each kind of wish that it was that way with God sometimes, especially in moments of transition. We would like to hear the voice of God speaking into our ear. Here's what I want for you. Here's the direction you should go. Words of comfort. It's okay. I'm with you. Sometimes words of challenge. Get up. Get going. Let's get moving. Right? I think each of us desires that. 
Maybe some of you came here this morning with that very question on your mind. God, what do you want from me? What are you trying to say to me? What direction are you pointing me? What are you calling me to do? And that is what's happening in Samuel's life. He's a young boy. And so I take some encouragement from that. I mean, he's, he's a kid, so, you know, God can speak to him and he can respond appropriately. Maybe there's hope for us, someone like me. God comes to Samuel and speaks to Samuel. Now, of course, Samuel needs some help along the way. And I think we all do that. We all need help hearing the voice of God in our lives. God has put us within a nuclear family with our parents who should be pointing us to Jesus. God put us within a church family that should be teaching the scriptures and nourishing our faith. God has given us community if we choose to engage in it. They can act as those who help shape and guide and point us in the direction as we try to decipher, hear, understand, and follow the voice of God. And so God gives him, Samuel, a very imperfect fatherly figure, spiritual father, you could say. He's very imperfect. You read the story beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 1, you know Eli is not the perfect person to be giving out advice, but he is the chosen person that God has placed in Samuel's life to help him to understand the call of God. So what I want to encourage you guys to do this morning is just be thinking about where is that pressing place in your life where you would love to just see God call you. And on caller ID, you would see G-O-D. And you could pick up that phone and you could hear the voice of God and he would speak to you the words that you need to hear. I want you to be thinking about that situation, that pressing situation that you may be experiencing yourself as we look at Eli's instructions to Samuel. Samuel, you know, I read this story and I feel like, you know, I, I've been in Eli's shoes. Kids come, middle of the night. They don't say you call, they say, I'm calling you. Mom, dad, X, Y, and Z, I want water, whatever it is. And of course, we, you know, go back to bed. So I'm, like, I'm thinking like, yeah, Eli, I get it. You're frustrated, right? You're just like, go to bed, go to bed, leave us alone. We're trying to sleep, leave us alone. And he just keeps showing up. He keeps hearing the voice. And the only voice he associates with this kind of, uh, this kind of authority is the voice of Eli in his life. And so he goes to Eli once, twice. And after the third time, Eli gives him these instructions, which he follows. He says, next time you hear the voice, I want you to say, speak, end of verse 10, for your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. I want to take a look at those three phrases within this instruction of Eli to Samuel. Speak, number one, for your servant, number two, is listening, number three. So the first, speak. Again, where is it that you desire God to speak into your life? You want him to speak to you about that situation in your life. Could be your relationships with others, in your marriage, or with your kids. Could be 
career stuff and what's next or how you need to respond to situations at work. It could be health stuff and what you need to do to uh, have uh, greater health or how to handle situations uh, in, in your extended family, uh, whatever. Be a whole list of things. But you came in knowing this is a place in my life I would really like to hear from God. You have that in mind. Have you been asking God to speak into that? You know what I do instead of pray? I worry. I'll, I'll, I'll just worry and I'll think and I'll come up with plans. And then I'll think about why those plans probably won't work, right? Like I, I can do that more then I pray. And then it'll hit me. Oh yeah, dummy. You can talk to God about that, right? Maybe you need that word today. Maybe you've been worrying about things, thinking about things, planning for things, but you have not asked God to speak. You've got to figure it out yourself, or you're trying to figure it out yourself, or you're worried you'll never figure it out, but you have yet to ask God, speak. Speak. And I wonder if this morning you may take that situation that God has brought to your mind and just begin to speak to him about that. Rather than worrying about it, rather than talking to everybody else about it, rather than posting about it on social media, just speak to him about it. And then let him speak to you. That's the whole response here, right? Eli says, go tell him to speak to you. Speak. Ask God to speak to you about whatever it is that you're facing. Now, Samuel's probably too young to know this, but Eli would be old enough to realize this seemed improbable. And you may feel that way too. I've prayed before and God didn't answer. I've asked God to speak into my life before and he didn't have anything to say. Maybe you feel that way. Eli probably should have felt that way. Why? Because we read at the very beginning of chapter 3 that in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other, in, in other words, God had not been speaking. And yet he tells Samuel to speak. So somewhere in here, God has convicted Eli to give this boy these instructions. And Eli knows that this is the voice of God. And the first thing he needs to say to God, Samuel, is speak. For your servant is listening. Even though people I had not heard from God. We may feel that way too. Now we got to understand something. Why had they not heard from God? Because God gave them instructions. They didn't follow the instructions. So God quit giving instructions. God spoke to them about what they should be doing. And they didn't listen to God. They didn't do what he said they should be doing. And so God quit telling them. And now as a parent, I, I don't compute because I just say things louder. You know what I mean? Like that's my go-to. Like if I said it softly once, I'll just keep saying it louder and attach punishments to it eventually, right? That's how I operate. But for God, he says, look, I told you guys, drive out these people. You're going to end up worshiping their gods. And you didn't do it. So you don't want to hear from me? You won't hear from me. Now that happens in our lives too. The reason you may be hesitant to ask God to speak is because you think he won't speak because you prayed before for him to speak. But I want to encourage you to ask this question. This may not be the case, but it could be the case that he has already spoken to you and you didn't obey that thing that he told you to do already. And so the word he's going to give you next, he's not going to give you until you obey that word he has already given you. 
Is that the case for you? God has called you to obey over here. He's given you his voice here. He's given you instructions over here. And you have not followed it. And you want to hear from God, which is a very good thing. But maybe you've already heard from God. And you didn't follow through yet. There's good news here, though, Goat. I want you guys to hear this. This is good news. God's not trying to smite you. He just wants to invite you into obedience. That's all. He just wants to invite you to come along. So all you got to do is say, God, you know what? You just, I remember you spoke to me about that thing. You told me to do that. I didn't do it. And I failed. And I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me and help me to follow the word you already gave me? Now, the, the word we can use for that sometimes is repentance. Maybe that's what we need to do. If we, if we want to hear a new word from God, we need to repent of not listening to an old word of God. And then perhaps the new word of God will come. That was certainly the case for God's people Israel. This is why they had not heard from God. But in his grace, he begins to speak to them again through Samuel. Second thing, for your servant. Speak for your servant is listening. So the first is inviting God to speak to us. The second is acknowledging our position in this equation. I am a servant of God. I'm not the one giving instructions to God. God is not a genie in the bottle, and I rub that bottle, and he pops out, and I make my three wishes. And then my, my request is, speak those wishes into being. I don't invite God to speak so I can tell him what to do. That's not our job. Our position before God is the same as Samuel's, which is to be a servant of God. And a servant goes to the master and says, speak, tell me what you want me to do so that I can follow that. Not, I'm going to speak to you to tell you what I want you to do. That's not our role. Samuel knows this because Eli has told him, your role is the role of a servant. Speak for your servant is listening. Now, Eli said the right thing. But if you know a little bit about Eli's life, you know it didn't always work out that way. Eli had sons, and the scriptures say in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Eli's family was supposed to be a family of priests. What does a priest do? A priest represents the people to God. That's the role of the priests. And to represent God to the people. They were intermediaries. And so one of the roles of a priest would be to take the offerings of the people and offer those offerings up to God. Of course, you know, it's not necessarily just money. We take up offering today. But they would also offer animals. They would, someone would come and say, look, God has been good to me. He's blessed me. I want to give this this uh, sheep to him, this lamb to him, and they would take it and they would burn it. And the priest's role was that they would get some of that food after it had been cooked. That was like how they got taken care of. But they were not supposed to take it before it had been offered to God, but Eli's sons did exactly that. In fact, they would say to those who were bringing the offering, you're going to give that to us, or we'll take it by force. 1 Samuel 2, 16. 
In fact, they would say, hand it over now. And if you don't, we'll take it by force. This is why they're called scoundrels. Eli had not done the best of jobs being a father to his biological children. As, as good of a guide as he was to Samuel, he was not as good of a guide as he was, sadly, to his own children. His children, in line of priesthood, did not see themselves as God's servant. They saw themselves as those who could take advantage of others, those who were to be served by others. When we approach God, I think what we take away from this is when we approach God, we have to come with that humility that God Almighty is king. I am a servant. He is the Lord. I am the servant. The exact opposite attitude with which Eli's sons approached the sacrifices of God's people. So when we come to God, let us not come to God wanting to hear from God and certainly not wanting to hear from him what we want to hear and telling him what we want to tell him, but let us come with the humility of a servant. Not me-centered, but God-centered. Recognizing I have wants, I have needs, I can express them to God, but what I really need to say to God is, your will be done. You know where we get that phrase from? Your will be done. It comes from God himself in the form of Jesus Christ, who brought his wants and needs to God the Father. But he, he would end that prayer. But not my will, but your will be done. Even Jesus, God in the flesh, would say, not my will. But he would demonstrate for us what it looks like to live in submission to God the Father. He says, your will be done. Let that be our position as well. When we approach God and we ask him to speak to us, then we ask him to speak as his servants. Of course, that indicates what you're going to do with it. You're going to listen to it. You're going to listen to what God has to say with the intent to do it. And that's Eli's instructions to Samuel. Speak for your servant is listening, right? Is listening. Have you ever talked to someone and it's clear they're not listening? Marsha's not in here. She's with Kingdom Kids. But she would amen this. She knows there's times she's talking to me and I'm just somewhere else. My mind is somewhere else, and she has to get my attention. Are you listening to me? And, of course, I lie and say yes. And then I have to try to put the context clues together to figure out what she said. And then a 50-50 shot from there, you know. Got a pretty decent shot. I've gotten pretty good at it. But wouldn't it just be better if I just listened the first time? Of course, you know. Don't tell her I said any of that, by the way, all right? This is your, y'all are sworn to secrecy on this. But it's not just to hear. It's to hear with the intent to respond. It's speak for your servant is listening in order to take what you say, Lord, and go live it out. Go do what you've called me to do. Live out that truth. What's kind of interesting here is what, what God has to say to Samuel, it's not really instructions. It's, it's more information. He's speaking truth. He says, I've warned Eli. He is not taking control of his children. His sons are running amok, and, and he's going to be punished. And that punishment's going to last. He and his family are out of the priestly business. So it's not instruction, but it's truth. Now, as you can imagine, I would think Eli probably didn't sleep through the night. This is a, this is a huge moment. God hasn't been speaking because we haven't been listening. And now all of a sudden he's come and talked to this boy. 
That's evident what's happening. I, if I were Eli, I would not have slept a wink. And the first thing, first moment I saw Samuel the next morning, I'd, I'd want to know, what did God say? We haven't heard from him because we haven't been listening. But now he's spoken. What did he say? And imagine this young man hearing this judgment of what would have been like his spiritual father, Eli, and now this is what's going to happen to Eli. He and his whole family are getting kicked out of the priestly business. And now Eli asks him, what did God say? Now I think Eli knew that Samuel would have a hard time telling him the truth if it was something not so good. Now I think Eli had in the back of his mind that it may be something bad. Because God had already warned Eli earlier in the book of Samuel that if he didn't straighten up with his kids, he was going to be judged. So Eli says to him in 1 Samuel 3, 17, What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So I think Eli knew it probably wasn't good. Samuel's not going to want to tell me, so i got to put it on real thick to make sure they tell me the truth, right? Make sure he tells me the truth. And just imagine what the difficulty Samuel might have felt with this. He's got to speak these hard words. But here's the thing is that he, Samuel listened to what God had to say. And he was true to what God had to say. Even though it wasn't necessarily instruction from God, he gave the report accurately and faithfully. He tells Samuel everything, verse 18, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli, to his credit, says, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. So when we ask God to speak and we humble ourselves as a servant, we also have to be ready to embrace the truth God speaks to us. If he gives us words of instructions, we have to be ready to obey the word he has given us or else we'll be back where these Israelites were. They heard from God, they didn't obey God, so they quit hearing from God. We don't want to be there. So if we're going to ask God to speak, and we're going to take the humble position of a servant, we have to be willing not only to listen, but listen with the intent to be true to what we hear. And we see that playing out exactly that way in Samuel's life. Now, what's the result of all this? The result is, verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Middle of verse 21, he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word, beginning of chapter 4, came to all Israel. God kept speaking. God kept speaking. God wants to speak to you. Do you want to hear from him? Is there a word he's already given you that you need to obey first? Do you have the humble position of a servant? Are you trying to give God his marching orders? Are you listening with the intent to obey whatever God says? Are you listening only to hear what you want to hear? But if we do this right, I think what Samuel experienced can be what we experience, which is we continue to hear the voice of God in our lives. The greatest truth, the greatest 
word, the greatest message God has ever spoken to us, which is the starting point for all of which we've just discussed, is to hear a word from God, which is God himself. What is a word to begin with? A word is a message, contains information. You use a word and you either understand it or you don't, but it's got information within it. And if you don't know what it means, you can go figure it out. Look it up in the dictionary, right? But a word contains a message. And we see at the beginning of the Gospel of John is that God has a message, a word to speak to us. Again, this is the launching point, the beginning point of hearing God's voice in our lives. The very beginning starts with this word that God speaks to us. And this word, this message is not just a message communicated to us verbally. But God has a message that's too important to just send to us verbally. God sends his son into the world as the message. That's what John is saying when he says in John chapter 1, 14, the word, the message of God became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. God sends Jesus with a message for each of us. And the message is himself. And he, his message, is full of grace and truth. This is the very beginning part, very beginning point of hearing from God is hearing this message. Full of grace and truth. What is the truth? The truth is that we are sinners, great sinners. What is the grace? That in Jesus we have a great Savior. And this is the very beginning point. Of living a life where we have communion with God, communication with Him, hearing from Him as His humble, humble servants, willing to live for Him and follow Him, begins right here with this message. Hearing this message, receiving this message, who is Jesus Himself. So if maybe it seems like God is far and distant and you don't hear from Him, my question, my first question to you would be, what about Jesus have you heard that message that God has sent to you? Flesh and blood speaking truth to you. That you, like me, we are great sinners. But that God, in his love, has sent us a great Savior. If you haven't received that message, no other message from God really matters all that much. This is the very beginning point. If you have not received that message, as the scriptures say, let today be the day of salvation. Let today be the day that you say, I hear you, God. I hear of your grace. I receive your grace. I believe this message, that I am a great sinner, and you have sent your son, Jesus, to be my great Savior. For others of you, as we enter into a time of invitation, perhaps the response is a word of repentance to God. That, God, I know you've talked to me about this, and I failed to listen to you. Please forgive me and help me to walk faithfully with you. For others, it may be, God, I see I've been treating you like my servant when I'm supposed to be yours. Help me to change that way of thinking and that way of behaving. For others, it's, God, I want to hear a word from you, and I, I intend to hear from you and obey whatever it is. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I want to hear what you want me to do, and I'm ready to listen and follow. However God speaks to you today, let's use this time of invitation as a chance for us to respond to him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, again, each of us 
in our own ways, in our own places of our lives, needing to hear a word from you. God, I pray that in some small way you've spoken to us here this morning. You have communicated to us through your Holy Spirit, through your word being shared during this time, perhaps through the songs or through other prayers or some way you've communicated to us, Father. Help us to respond to you even now. This is what we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.